Welcome to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. Every Nation is a Bible-believing, multi-ethnic, non-denominational church hoping to transform the world one life at a time. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, good morning, Every Nation New Jersey. God bless you. PA here, Pastor Adam Burt, and I'm so excited that you would choose to spend your Sunday morning here with us at Every Nation New Jersey. And before we dive into the Gospel of John this morning, uh, we'll be in John chapter 15. But before we do that, uh, I, I need to take you back into some of my high school memories, all right? High school memories, and I think that'll it'll set us up to where we want to go this morning. And so uh, I went to an all-boys Catholic high school, okay? So I don't know what, if, if you know what it's like, man, like when you get a bunch of boys together, do you know that, that boys have a smell? particularly boys uh, that don't have to impress any chicks. And so there'd be like dudes uh, wouldn't shower for like a week to three weeks, right? It was, uh, the school was ripe to say the least, okay? All boys Catholic school. And and then uh, uh, I want to remind you that this was back in the 80s, man. So corporal punishment was still in play. Like, like that means, I mean, you were fair game to get beaten by anybody and everybody. And so uh, uh, I, I can still remember that, that uh, man, my, my teacher, uh, Father Menor, uh, man, that's the only reason I learned algebra is, is he would grab me and he would start punching me in my chest. What's the answer, son? What's the answer? I'm like, oh, no, you know, and so that's the only way I learned algebra uh, was Father Menor. And then as well uh, in detention, uh, we had... Uh, uh, the uh, the dean had what was just known as the rod of correction and it was this massive paddle man and believe it or not they used to be able to just whip your behind you know and so uh and, and here's what's so uh, staggering to me like today in our little snowflake generation where everyone's so easily hurt and stuff is like you know what's so funny is uh man i i don't need therapy after that uh I, i'm not i don't have ptsd and it was just like hey it's okay in fact it was amazing man the paddle it, it actually became a badge of honor you're like man Man, you got seven swats, bro. High five. <laughs> and so that was just kind of our, our, you know, approach to it. And I remember as well that in order to raise funds for uh, this Catholic school, they would send uh, each of us out and you had to sell like cases of these chocolate bars. Now, now for the record, uh, it was pretty easy for me because my dad loved these chocolate bars. And so he would just buy them all for me finished okay <laughs> but but it was so funny we, we would raise thousands and thousands of dollars for the school and, and what was our payoff and our payday for it we get a day off school <laughs> and uh, we probably they, they probably violated every child labor law under the sun but but you know what man we loved it and loved getting that day off and then uh, and, and I'm gonna bring us to uh, ninth grade mr. Kessel's class and so and this will take us to where we want to go in the Gospel of John uh, uh, mr. Kessel our ninth grade English this teacher I remember the day distinctly and he we're all in his classroom and waiting for his you know whatever subject he's gonna teach us and and he just gets up in front of the room and he says men repetition is the branding iron of knowledge I said repetition is the branding iron of knowledge repetition is the branding iron of knowledge and he proceeded for the next 15 to 20 minutes to just repeat over and over and over again repetition is the branding iron of knowledge and i will never forget it and now neither will you right and so the, the and that's what sets us up uh, so well for our text today 
We'll be in John chapter 15 and, and we'll look at verses 1 through 17. But here's what's amazing is that despite the fact there's only 17 verses, do you know what 11 times the Lord is going to use this word? Abide, abide, abide. And then he's also going to say the word fruit, 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 some eight times. And so it's Jesus on repeat beating this drum, this idea, you want to bear fruit, you must abide. You want to bear fruit, you must abide. And so, so he's actually teaching and training his disciples, man, the secret to fruitfulness is not working, it's actually abiding. And so um, um, I, I'll illustrate it this way. Like, like if, if we talk about this idea of bearing fruit, you have never, like we're, we're heading into apple picking season, okay? Hallelujah, apple pies, apple crisp, I'm all about it. And, and so, but you have yet to see the apple tree where there's this branch just stressing and straining. Right, and out comes an apple. You have not seen that tree because that doesn't happen. What, is it, what happens? The branch, all it has to do is abide into the trunk, and what happens? Fruits produced. And that's the big idea for today. Jesus is going to say, if you abide in me, boop, you will produce much fruit. And so uh, here's a, our, our thesis. Here's our, our, our statement for the day is this. Uh, what you are becoming is determined by where you are abiding. What you are becoming is determined by where you are abiding. John chapter 15, we'll begin in verses 1 through 3. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. And I just wanted to press pause real quick on this because uh, I want to make sure that, that we don't mistake uh, pruning for punishment. Like, don't mistake pruning for punishment. Because we read in our text here, it says, hey man, you've already borne fruit. I'm going to prune you back a little bit that you can even produce more fruit. It's this idea, hey, you're doing well. It's time for you to go to your next level. And, um, and so in the reality is this, I think you pay attention into every other area of your life that, that you realize if, as I go through difficulty, man, I can grow stronger. And so uh, in parenting, you realize this. We have to let our kids uh, uh, go through difficulty at times. Uh, why? So they can grow, so they can learn. Our, our teachers and educators, what? They, they, they got to put a little stress on our brains, our memories. Why? Well, because they want us to grow and go to our next level. Um, you know, uh, coaches. They know they, they got to push their players, man, have, have them endure suffering. Why? That when the lights are on and the game starts, man, you're going to your next level. And, and it's really the same way with Jesus. He says, hey, uh, I'm going to prune you in certain seasons of your life, not because I'm angry with you or indifferent, but because I want you to go to your next level. And, uh, and I wish it wasn't so. But as I look back in the rearview mirror of my own life and I realize that, that my greatest seasons of growth happen in difficult and trying seasons. Like I, like I remember um, uh, the, the NHL draft, I was rated to go in the 12, uh, or 12th overall in the first round and, and I wound up going real late in the second round. I was passed over time in time again. I, I felt like a, a, a failure in that moment. Like I, I lived my whole life for this and then what? I failed. And so, but that was actually, I hated every minute of it. But it, it was that day 
that, man, I, there was a newfound zeal and seriousness I had towards the Lord. That Jesus no longer was just my Savior, but on that day, man, he became my Lord. I'm like, Jesus, that was my Jesus, you take the wheel moment because I'm jacking up my own life. And, and so what? It was, it was pruning. I, I didn't want to go through that again, but it, it, it was pruning and I grew from it. And here's a, another one. And we all have certain seasons. Like I had one season where I actually had three back surgeries in one year and then got a staph infection that went into my blood. Uh, the doctors told me I had a 30% chance of living or uh, excuse me, a 70% chance of living, which meant I had a 30% chance of dying. If you're wondering, uh, I survived. Okay, I lived. Uh, but, you know, it was it was a very difficult and trying moment. Uh, I would never want to walk through that again. But you know what? I learned some things that are invaluable to me today. And that is this. I learned this, that, man, that, you know, that entitlement was ripped away from me uh, in that season. Man, I realized, man, that, that health uh, is not a right. It's a gift from God. And what? It just stirs gratitude in my heart for each and every moment, man, where I, there's no pain, uh, that, that I'm healthy. All right. And so uh, I, I don't know who this is for this morning, but you know what? Like this season of your life, man, it might be that God's not punishing you, uh, but rather he might be pruning you back that you might go to your next level. Like your rock bottom might be the firm foundation God is using to do something incredible and something you could never, ever even uh, imagine. And so uh, let's go get back to our text. We'll be uh, picking up in John chapter four. And remember, we've already had three fruits uh, in our reading today. Now we're, now we're going to get to those. There's going to be five more uh, followed by like a whole bunch of abides. And so here we go. John, John 15, verse 4, it says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. And as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. Staggering promise here. Jesus says this, you are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. And so, um, so, so we hear, uh, we, we read here that, man, Jesus, man, he is the vine. And as you abide in the vine, fruit 
is inevitable. And I want to tell you this, man, some 2,000 years ago, Jesus, man, the seed, he went into the ground and he's been this, uh, he rose on the third day and he has become this life-giving vine that, that gives what fruit uh, to a dying and hurting world. Like I promise you, if you pay attention, all that's good and right, the fruit that is in the world today, you can trace it back to the vine, which is Jesus. Like, like, um, like, like hospitals, you and I just take that for granted. But do you know that, man, it, it was actually birth, it was fruit out of men and women that were abiding in the vine uh, of Jesus. Um, it, it's, it's why every hospital that you go by, did you ever notice it's St. It's John, St. Luke, uh, what St. Barnabas, you know, you can go on and on. These were people that were attached to the vine, what in f- the fruit of hospitals was produced. Uh, how about education? Do you know uh, education, that there were, there were men and women that were attached to the vine and took seriously uh, the command of God to love God with our mind. And, and they created uh, uh, institutions like Harvard, Yale, Oxford and Cambridge, that these these institutions, you know, they were formed by people, men and women, they were attached to the vine, who is Jesus. Um, uh, man, and, and so, uh, uh, it, do you know that, that, that Harvard and Yale, which is so ironic today, that, uh, you know, it, it was birth, it became, a, it was a place that was supposed to train pastors. <laughs> how far we've come from that right now, right? But uh, how about this, you know, every, all the humanitarian aid that you see out there, um, these mercy ministries, things like uh, the Red Cross, the Salvation Army, you get Habitat for Humanity and World Vision. These are all been birthed branches that are tied into the vine. Uh, which is in in Jesus Christ. Um, I'll, I'll take it even one step further. You know, human rights. That, that we get this idea that every man, woman, and child, regardless of, of your, your color, age, ethnicity, that, that you're worthy of dignity and honor as an image bearer of God. And so the, the abolition of slavery, uh, we get uh, women and children's rights, that all of it comes and is birthed out of men and women that were what? Attached to the vine, which is Jesus. And so uh, uh, Jesus doesn't want to just produce fruit out in the world, out there, but he wants to produce fruit in you and me as well. And so uh, if um, there's this thing called the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the promises as we abide in the vine, who is Jesus, that what happens, the fruit of the Spirit is formed and fashioned in our life, that that there's love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, and and so we we can see all this fruit, and I don't know anybody that was like, hey man, I don't want to be more loving, right? I want want some more hate in my life, or I don't want peace, you know? No, of course. You want these things, and they come uh, not by straining, not by working, but by abiding in the vine. Um, and so uh, uh, here's the, remember the big idea. Uh, what uh, you are becoming is determined by where you're abiding. What you're becoming is determined by where you are abiding. And so we could just go down, amen, and go abide in the Lord. And you'd be like, what does that mean? <laughs> How do I do that? And, and you're asking a good question about, for the record, it's, it's what's next in my notes, all right? And so this idea of abide, um, do you know it's from the Greek word meno, meno, and and what it what it means is this: it, it literally means to stay or to stay home. And I think uh, you would agree with me if you pay attention, man. This this idea of home is an unbelievably powerful, powerful tool. Like the heart longs for home. 
And the reality is that, uh, you know, that Hollywood and Disney have figured that out and made millions and billions of dollars off playing into this longing the human heart has for home. Like, like you don't believe me, just, just play, I mean, man, the Wizard of Oz, you know, box office smash to this day, still making millions of dollars. And what the big idea was, there's no place like home. Uh, maybe after that, then we, we saw E.T., right? Because uh, E.T. just was longing to phone home and to get back again. For the record, E.T. Uh, got home, but apparently he left some of his uh, relatives down in Mexico. If you've been tracking in the news at all, they found some, some aliens that look a lot like E.T., okay? <laughs> But that's not for this message, all right? And so uh, we have uh, our, every single Pixar film you've ever seen, uh, the backdrop, the story behind it is what? It's about finding my way home. From Finding Nemo to Toy Story to Up, it's the same story on repeat, this longing for home. And I got good news for you. As you abide in Jesus, man, you found home. Colossians 1 verse 16, it says that, that you and I, you were created by God and for God. In other words, man, you were created for Jesus. And when you, you abide in the vine, what you found home in Jesus. And so um, it, it's interesting, like, do you know, uh, um, there's, a, there's a guy in our church, uh, 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 Hack, we call him Hack. All right, Hack, I hope you're watching, man. But he was funny. He, he was telling me the story how he, uh, he had lived it. He just recently bought a new home. And he, had to, he sold his home. And he had lived in his old home for 15 years. And so, uh, so he sold it, moved to his new home. And he was telling me the other day, man, he was on a, a call. And he was, he was kind of just driving. And, and then after he hung up the call, he realized he was sitting in his old driveway <laughs> that, that he had forgot. Oh, yeah, I don't live here anymore. And you know that that's a that's much of the Christian life, that that when we find our home abiding in the vine, we got to constantly remind ourselves, hey, I don't live that old way anymore, but I, I have a new home in Christ, right? And that's a process that we just call sanctification, right? It's the transforming power of God as you abide uh, in the vine. And so, um, you know, there could be this false notion out there as well, like like that Christianity, it's just a bunch of rules and regulations uh, designed to keep me from having any fun. And uh, listen, I want to tell you, it's just not true. See, the, the, this book and any kind of boundaries and rules and regulations that, that God puts around your life, uh, it's not to rob you it's to protect you like it's to protect you from you and listen if you're a parent you know that's true like like man when you have a baby you bring a baby home uh, you had you had no idea how unsafe your home was until you bring a kid home and it's it's like isn't it like our kid like from from the moment of birth it feels like our, our kids are just trained and, and wired to hurt themselves Right? You've seen it like when you bring a baby home, like you see the kid with the, they have, they have to put gloves on them. Why? Because they start scratching their face and, and whatnot. That, um, that I, I love this. Like you realize, oh my gosh, man, my home is just not safe. So what? You got to lock up where all, you, all the cleaning products are. Because for whatever reason, a kid, when they see Tide Pods, they're like, mmm, that looks delicious, right? And so uh, you got to lock the cabinets up. you you got to uh, put covers on all the electrical outfits because for whatever reason, man, a kid's like, oh, this would be a good thing to mash a fork into, right? And so uh, I, I love, too, that, that the moment the child starts to crawl, uh, where do they head? 
right for the stairs man it's like a baby magnet man and so you got to like start put, putting up uh, uh, Fort Knox on that thing man put it put up uh, bars and all that kind of thing and it, it actually if you've ever seen some of the gates man that does look like baby prison and, and then uh, for some of us we actually have baby prison cells man where you put those porta cribs or your kid in a crib and some of you man you got to put like a roof on that thing because your baby's like man uh, Andy Dufresne and the Shawshank Redemption learn how to escape out of that cell right and, and so I, I say all this to say, man, uh, our kids have no point of reference. Hey, why are you not letting me do all these things? And they just don't have uh, the maturity to know I'm trying to protect you from you. And that's what God's word does for us. When, when we stay home, abide in him, that's what he's, he's, he's wanting to do. He's wanting to protect us. And then uh, um, how about, I, I think you'd know this, that, that for whatever reason, man, our kids are prone to wander. They, they just are like, um, have you ever seen the, this, the, those baby leashes they got, man, where they got kids on a leash, they call it a baby harness, call it what you want, man. It's a leash. <laughs> and why? Because man, you just want to keep, man, make sure you keep your kid, uh, in, in eyes distance. Right. And, and so, um, uh, and so then when they get older, then we give our kids phones so then we can track them and find out where they are over and over. And, and so we would agree that man, children are prone to wander. And you know, in a real way, so are you and so are I. We're prone to wander away from God. And so uh, if I could just sum it up this way, you know, it's, it's like the do nots uh, of your Bible. Really, they're designed to protect you from you. And the do's of your Bible, they're designed to keep us near to Jesus, to keep us near home. All right. And so that's the big idea. And so abiding or staying home, uh, it is, it's also get this, the place of power. Um, abiding is the place of power. And we read about this, the staggering promise from the Lord in John 15, seven, I'll read it again. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That is a staggering, staggering promise. This idea that, that as we align ourselves with the word of God, now prayer uh, becomes powerful. And so, uh, um, listen, I, I always love all the Marvel Comics things. Uh, how many agree with me, man, that Chris Hemsworth, he's just like, you should not be allowed to be that talented, that funny, and that good looking. It's just not fair, all right? And But if you remember in the, the Thor franchise, man, the original were Thor, and he had his father Odin that was played by Anthony Hopkins. And I, I love the one powerful scene where, where Thor is young, arrogant, right? Pr like proud, and, and not in alignment with the will of his father Odin. And what does his father do? He says, man, I, I take from you your power. I take your hammer. And he casts him out down to the earth, and he became immortal. But it was there in that season of Thor's life that, that, that he started to get woven into him this idea of humility, of sacrifice. And little by little, he started to realign with the will of his father. And do you remember, uh, just as, as he's about to die, as Thor had sacrificed his life, we, we see uh, Anthony Hopkins, Odin, whisper into the hammer, right? Whosoever holds this hammer, should he be found worthy, will possess the power of Thor. And what happens? He's realigned with his father Odin, 
power comes. And isn't that a picture? Man, as we align ourselves with the Father, the Son, and, and the Word of God, what happens? Man, there's power behind it. There's, there's always power and alignment. If, if, I don't care if you're talking about an athletic team. If there's alignment between the coaching staff and the team, there's power. Um, if you're talking about a business, if there's alignment, man, with the, the sales force, the media team, uh, management, uh, uh, all of these things, man, it's, it's unbelievably powerful. Man, there's alignment when there's uh, alignment in a marriage. It becomes powerful and beautiful. Um, I, I think you would agree, even in our own physical body, if something gets out of line, man, we've all had those mornings where we wake up and we're like, oh, I can't move, right? And you're, you're, you're doing that kind of thing. And what happened? It's, it's a sign. It's letting you know, hey, man, something uh, is out of line. And so with alignment, there's power. And, and we know this, that the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, they're all aligned with one another. In John 14, 11, it says this, Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works for themselves. Jesus is like, listen, I'm aligned uh, with my Father, and my Father is aligned with me. We are in alignment one with another. He says, and if you don't believe that's true, man, just look at all the power coming forth uh, out of my life. And when we step under and into that alignment, when the Word of God aligns in us, man, it's unbelievably powerful. So uh, uh, we've all uh, seen like uh, magic shows or whatever. With what's the magic word they use? Abra cadabra. It, it means uh, I create is abra, and then cadabra is I speak. I create when I speak. Uh, good luck with that, Harry Potter. Man, you can abracadabra that stuff all you want. There's no power there. But can I tell you where the power really lies? It's in this word. Amen. 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 It means so be it or let it be so. It's saying yes to, to the will of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And when our amen comes into that, it becomes something unbelievably powerful. In fact, our, our staff this past week, we were in a season of fasting and prayer and we were asking God for some things. And then we came out of that season of fasting and prayer. And what happened? Man, we were aligned with the will of God and we were aligned with one another. And it was an unbelievably powerful moment. And now as we, we head into to uh, a new season of our church, we're moving well with confidence and power, knowing that, that we're abiding and aligned with Jesus. And so uh, uh, abide, uh, here's another thing. You know what it also means? It also means not just stay home, but it means to be present. And I find that a, a very useful uh, definition, to be present. Uh, husbands, you'll feel me on this, because we've all experienced that moment where you're just kind of watching the game, fistful of clicker, and then your, your wife starts talking to you, and then you become at the, this crossroads like, okay, I have a choice here. Do I listen to the TV or do I listen to my wife, right? And and so uh, please don't make the mistake that I do. I try to get both of them, and instead I get neither, right? So uh, uh, for the record, I've learned mute the TV, and, and here's what this is communicating. Uh, I can Now I can pay attention to my wife, and she knows what? I'm fully present. And, and that's the kind of the big idea with God, that when we abide, we're fully present for Him. And there's some amazing byproducts as you make yourself present for the Lord. There's some really cool byproducts. Here's, here's the first by, byproduct. We read about it, is this. Man, as you abide, man, maximum joy is on the table. Maximum joy. Let me read to you uh, John 15, 11. 
Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Maximum joy. The biblical idea of joy, uh, we've said historically, is this, is a deep soul satisfaction rooted in God. And so um, I, I got news for you. Man, one hour on a Sunday is not enough to fill up uh, your life with joy. It's just not possible. So uh, I remember I was a um, uh, kind of an embarrassing moment, not kind of, a very embarrassing moment. So uh, I, I was uh, leaving from our church here and I noticed, ah, oh, my car, I needed gas. But simultaneously I was on a conference call. Can I just tell you, I am not a multitasker, right? Uh, I'm a one and done guy. I can only do one thing. And, but I'm on the conference call and I, I need gas. So I pull in, I kind of undo the window and, and try to be silent on the conference call. And I give the guy my credit card. I'm like a mouth fill it up, please, right? And so he, he goes to his thing, and our conference call gets heated, starting to dial up a little bit. And and so, uh, man, I did up my window, and, and man, put the car in drive, and, and I thought he was, the guy was th finished, right? And drive away, and I drive all the way to my gym, still on this conference call, sitting in the parking lot. Finally, finally we stop, the, the conference call ends, hang up, and then I noticed, I'm like, hey, man, my gas tank's not full. Hey, man, he forgot to give me my credit card back. And then I realized, hey, dum-dum, you didn't pay for You, you, you drove away while the, the gas tank, well, the thing was still pumping, right? So I drive back to the gas station place. Cops are waiting for me. They, they thought I st had stolen my car and then I was wheeling off. And they actually sent uh, the, the police to my home. <laughs> uh, and so if this is your first time with us at Every Nation, New Jersey, welcome. I'm your pastor. And, uh, and so, but, but you know what, uh, to, be, to bring it back home again, is this. I just described many uh, of your relationship with Jesus. Like, um, man, your tank's not quite full yet, but you just jump, 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 get busy from, from this to that to this to that, man, and, and your tank's half empty. And, and then you, you wonder why you feel uh, like, like so hollow inside, and, and, you, and where it feels like, man, God feels distance, and, and man, the promises of God don't feel real. Why? It's because, man, we, we failed to, to take moments throughout our day to be present with the Lord, to abide. And listen, maximum joy is available, is on the table for us. And, and get this, I'm not even asking you to add things to your schedule. I get it. We're all super busy here in 2023. But what I am asking you to do is this, man, invite God into what you're already doing. And so uh, like, like for me, man, now drive time has become abide time. Man, where I just get after the Lord in my car. Uh, now, uh, my, my gym time has become abide time. In fact, I, I, the other day I was, I was in the gym working out and, and I'm, I'm just kind of conversing with the Lord. I'm like, did I just, I think I just said that out loud. You know, people are going to think I'm crazy, like talking to myself. It's not for you. I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to him. Okay. So get off me, man. But, uh, but uh, did you know, um, on average, uh, statistics would say this, that, that you check your phone uh, every 10 to 12 minutes. I think that's low, to be honest with you. Every 10 to 12 minutes, you're going to check your phone. Um, and do you know what the byproduct of that is? Stress, anxiety, depression. But here's the promise. Hey, do you think you could check in with the Lord? Man, um, be present with Him. Check in every 10 to 12 minutes. You know the byproduct of that would be? maximum joy and uh, there's a there's actually a second byproduct that we'll, we read about uh, today as well it was found in John 15 15 uh, and here's what it is uh, he says this 
No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Did you get that? Man, man, the, the, the second byproduct of abiding with him is this friendship with God. It's insane promise. Like, do you know in your Old Testament, uh, we read about two people that were, were referenced as, as friends of God. It, it was Abraham and Moses, a very unique, distinct relationship they had with the Lord. But what? Now through your New Testament, uh, now God, he, he invites us in, man, to, to be present with him anywhere and everywhere. And in so doing, what to, to, he invites us into friendship with him. And so uh, let me illustrate, uh, you know, as we're, we're closing here with this one is uh, like my wife, Susan, and I, we, we have lifelong friends, uh, uh, Jeff and Nancy, and we, we met them in our real early 20s. And, and I, I can remember it was kind of funny. Uh, Susan and, and, and Nancy hit it off like crazy, like they were just friends. And I remember, uh, man, I would just kind of tag along and, and me and him. So so he was a funeral director, this guy, uh, Jeff. And, and I remember the first time they invited us over to their house. He's a funeral director. They lived above the funeral home. Uh, we came there. We don't really know them. And, and their six-year-old is playing in the coffins, all right? That's a little creepy and weird. Right? It's a little, little odd. And so I'm like, eh, I don't know how I feel about these guys. But, but Susan and Nancy kept hitting it off. And, and I kept showing up every time. Jeff and I, we would just be there. So we might as well hang out a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more. And, and I can't tell you when it happened, but it happened. And we had that. We both had this moment. I'm like, did we just become best friends? Right? We just went and went straight up uh, step brothers with one another, and and there, there's this friendship. And now to this day, uh, uh, we're friends. And so, um, and, you know, in, in a very real way, you know, my relationship uh, with the Lord. Um, early on in my relationship, I, I couldn't see it then, but I know it now. You know, I, I, I was using Jesus. Uh, so, for example, uh, salvation. Uh, man, I was using Jesus because I didn't want to go to hell, right? He, he was fire insurance to me. Um, he, was a, he was a means to an end. Uh, then, then later on, as I, as I kept showing up, Jesus wasn't just fire insurance, but as well as like, man, he, he's, he's God. I want him to bless me. And so, uh, man, I would just keep showing up because I wanted God's blessing, God's hands on, his li- on my life. Uh, but once again, what? It was a, it was a means to an end. But somewhere along the line, just because I just kept showing up and being present with the God, there was a switch. Something changed. Like Jesus went from being useful to being beautiful. Like, like Jesus, he was, he was not just a means to an end, but rather he became the end in himself. Like Jesus became the point. And I can echo the words of Moses, where Moses, he was called a friend of God. And, and God says, hey, you and, and, and my people, that you can have the promised land. I'll send you in with someone else. And I remember Mo, Moses' reply, what? He was like, hey, if, Father, if you don't go, I don't want to go into some promised land. See, in other words, Moses got it. He's like, like man, all the promises are great, but, but not at the expense of friendship with God. And that's what's on the table. And you know how we get friendship with God? It's not by straining, it's by abiding. Because you, uh, you, what you are becoming is determined by where you're abiding. Let's pray. Lord, Lord, we just thank you. 
Lord, I just want to thank you this morning, Lord, for the privilege, uh, Lord, of, of knowing you, of abiding in you. And I pray this morning, oh God, Lord, that, that those that, that hear this message this morning, God, that, that they would have a sense of home. Lord, I pray, uh, God, that you, you would help us, uh, Lord, to, to obey your word, that it would keep us near to you. Lord, I pray that we would have a sense of your very near presence, near presence. God, that you would remind us, Lord, Lord, to, to check in with you each and every day. Lord, we thank you. We trust you for it. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen, every nation. Well, listen, uh, the sermon's over with, but we're not quite finished. Uh, can I just uh, remind you that you can be faithful in your tithing and your giving? Uh, there's three ways that you can uh, give and help support our ministry. Um, you can go to our website, encnj.org, and just hit the giving icon. Or you can give via text. This is how my family and I give. If you just text the letters ENCNJ to the number 77977, it's a very convenient way to give. Or you can give uh, uh, by a check or money order. You mail it in to our church offices right here at 101 Gibraltar Drive uh, here in Morris Plains, New Jersey. And may God richly bless you as you are faithful in your tithing and your giving. Every nation, Jesus loves you, and I think you're great too. Have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to the Every Nation New Jersey podcast. For more information on our church, or if you'd like to give a financial gift, just go to our website, emcnj.org.